Hello and welcome to Impressions of America. I'm Simon and with me as always are Toby and Vaughn. Hi guys. Hi Simon. Hi Simon. Today we're going to be having some fun with the conservative and liberal halls of fame. But first, uh, we just wanted to kind of quickly touch upon the fact that we've come up to three years on the show. And um, perhaps more importantly than that, we've come up to one year of having Vaughn on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, uh, yeah, almost exactly a year ago we we added Vaughn to our, our little podcast and She's been um, sipping away on wine and making uh, really insightful comments ever since. So, uh, Vaughn, espresso martini in hand, uh, mm-hmm. how has the past year been for you and have you enjoyed being part of the show? The The past year has been... <laughs> Actually, well, the past year has been awful, but <laughs> <laughs> specifically, <laughs> the podcast, it's been fantastic. Um no, I've really enjoyed this a lot. And yeah, it was I'm, not to be too sentimental, but um, no, I've really enjoyed it a lot. And I feel like I have grown as an academic and as someone who can make words, which that wasn't eloquent, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like I'm better at um, conveying my research. Which is very cool, and and talking out different points, and you guys have given me a lot to think about in my own work, um, outside of this. So that's that's very cool. I've really enjoyed it a lot, and it's been a really brilliant opportunity to kind of learn different skills and talk to people that I never would have ever thought I'd have the opportunity to, mm-hmm. like my, Michael Isakoff and. Yeah. And all of the wonderful guests that we've had. So, and you brought me the West Wing, which I finished this week. That yeah. was fantastic. No, you guys, in in a terrible way, you have been wonderful influences on me, and have brought me to loving not only Mitt Romney but also Ross Perot. So. <laughs> well, I, I was going to touch on Ross Perot, but before I do that, I was just going to say that a lot of people might not know this, but Vaughn really disliked me as a person. I think it's fair to say, Vaughn, that if there's anything <laughs> gained from this last year, it's how much you disliked me. But yeah, if you were, <laughs> if you were, bear with me. I just want to say, I think Toby and I are both just uh, really thankful that we've added you to the show. We obviously had a good couple of years before you joined, but I really feel like the show's come alive since you've uh, since you've joined. So um, yeah, I, I know you dislike me and you dislike me even more when I'm being nice to you but I just want to say it's been a, a lovely last year well as you say it's been a terrible last year but <laughs> on the podcast side of things it's been really nice having you having you with us and I'm so glad we got you into Ross Perot so I I'm forever thankful for the introduction <laughs> to Ross Perot he has brought so much happiness into the last year of just terror um no I really appreciate that thank you uh, Toby, you discovered Vaughn and plucked her from the humble world of academics <laughs> and placed her into the, the Mitt Romney-shaped spotlight, which is our podcast. Uh, how would you how would you assess this last year with Vaughn? Has anything surprised you about having her on the show? No, I think it's 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 made things um, easier as I as I planned that it would. No, <laughs> 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 oh, I think um, there's a certain level of credibility that one gets from you know having 
an academic on the podcast. I think um, there's a lot of um, kinds of episodes I didn't think we were going to be able to do that we were able to do, like, you know, like um, Reagan and Hollywood, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is something that I think um, it's it's quite rare that you could really do something like that. You know, you get get really deep into a subject like that and bring the politics. And, and it, it almost seemed like we were doing it professionally you know which which you know one one would hope that people would would see that and feel that and Mm -hmm. i think i think that's what it was you know so yeah it's 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 been really great um yeah and i I i've never thought about the the other people i i I was thinking about bringing in (laughs) 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 so which is i think the greatest compliment that i can give you know that's never crossed my mind (laughs) again absolutely (laughs) It's uh, absolutely. Uh, Toby and I were just saying, as a fourth choice, Vaughn has actually turned out really well. <laughs> <laughs> that Reagan and Hollywood episode, I really enjoyed. I was listening to it recently, actually, and I was like, "Wow, I knew so much stuff that I've since forgotten about Reagan and Hollywood." <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed that one. I've enjoyed a, a lot of the episodes that we've done. They've been really, yes. really fascinating. Well, I, I'm pleased to hear, and like I say, I apologize for being nice to you because I know you don't like that. But um, it's been uh, it's been a great year. Um, yeah, I need at least one insult a minute from you. <laughs> we can't go too long with compliments. Agreed. Okay. Well, I'm sure we can we can find that over the next hour or so. Um, <laughs> shall we move on um, away from being nice to Vaughn and get back to being horrible to everybody else? I think that's probably uh, what we should uh, concentrate on now. So the main topic of today's show is looking at the Conservative and Liberal Hall of Fames. And so th- this kind of, this came about uh, because of the death of Rush Limbaugh and uh, immediately after his death, it was announced that he was uh, inducted into the Conservative Hall of Fame. And it turns out the Conservative Hall of Fame only consists of two inductees and that's Rush, Rush Limbaugh and the NRA. Uh, we then went, we had a, a look to see if there was a Liberal Hall of Fame and unsurprisingly there isn't, probably because... If they tried to create a Liberal Hall of Fame, the Liberals would just spend all the time fighting amongst each other about who deserves to go in and they wouldn't actually get around to nominating anyone. Um, so we thought it'd be fun to some, drink some alcohol and uh, each of us can nominate one person with the Conservative Hall of Fame and one person for the Liberal Hall of Fame. And it, very simple rules. Uh, the nominees, uh, they must be dead and they must re- represent, for better or for worse, what we think uh, belongs in a Conservative or Liberal Hall of Fame. Uh, we ruled out Ronald Reagan on the conservative side just because he's kind of too obvious. And uh, we might just at the end of the show have Vaughn induct him uh, all by herself, maybe with a poem or a special reading or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so stick around for Vaughn's Von- <laughs> tribute to her personal hero and favorite president. Uh <laughs> I'm going to take a drink every time Reagan comes up. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think to begin with, we're going to... Uh, oh, and I must say that we've not actually told each other ahead of time who we're picking. So um, this will be a, an interesting uh, interesting exercise for, for all of us as we find out who each other has picked. Uh, we were talking about whether or not we're going to go first with conserv- uh, Conservatives or Liberals. And um, as they often do, liberals have won the day. So we're going to go first with the the, the liberal picks. And uh, 
Vaughn, do you want to go first on who you've uh, picked for the Liberal Hall of Fame, which as of yet does not exist, but I'm sure after this episode there'll be uh, a renewed push by uh, uh, those Liberal lions to uh, get one together? Mm. I I can go first, if that is what we would like. Um, so in, in my kind of soul-searching journey to find a Liberal to induct to the Hall of Fame, um, <laughs> I was thinking, and we had a we had a discussion about this, that I was thinking that liberal is an insult because <laughs> I don't like liberals. Um, and I, I detest being called one. So I, for my liberal in the Hall of Fame, I chose naturally a Republican. <laughs> um, I, I would induct, um Nelson Rockefeller. Wow. 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 Not not only is that amazing, but it's completely stepped all over my liberal choice. Which, oh really? Which is brilliant. So uh, <laughs> this will be a very interesting uh interesting uh, <laughs> podcast by the sense that this is shaping up to be even more interesting than I thought. Right, okay. Rockefeller, go on. Why have you why have you decided I have laughed so much about this in my own time. But so my decision was that um I see liberals as basically conservatives who allow abortion. Right. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Nelson Rockefeller, um, for anyone unfamiliar, he was appointed VP under Gerald Ford after Nixon's resignation. Mm-hmm. He's the second vice president of all time to be appointed under the 25th Amendment, which is just a fun fact. Nice. Uh, prior to that, he was governor of New York um, and also served as the Secretary of State for American Republic Affairs for FDR. And then just some of his kind of policy issues he outlawed discrimination based on sex and age mm-hmm. in New York. He backed the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. He was pro-abortion with restrictions. Um, so he expanded access to abortions for women with health problems, um, but wasn't for like, like fully pro-choice. Um, he expanded parks in New York, specifically mm-hmm. the New York State Park. Mm-hmm. He adopted Medicaid for all of New York, and he is the liberal sweetheart. He's a cop, or well, he's he's a fan of police. Um, he doubled the size of New York State Police, mm-hmm. and also established the New York Police Academy, and adopted stop and frisk and no knock uh, laws for New York. So, for all of those reasons. He is a prime liberal choice for me. What wow. do you guys think? I think it's absolutely perfect. <laughs> I actually, I actually did a podcast on this, and I've forgotten everything that I, I, I talked about. <laughs> so I'm not really a, <laughs> an authority on this at all. But yeah, I actually did a podcast on this, and uh, I think you might have included that he expanded the New York City University system as well. Yeah. Yes, uh, and then he was a, he brought in the Rockefeller drug laws, which ravaged uh, you know poor people, African Americans, and expanded the, the 
carceral state and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think he is. He's, he's the liberal. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and that's it's why people um, have called Barack Obama a Rockefeller Republican because it's you know it's some social programs, some work on social justice, and then um, uh, expansion of negative liber- liberties like um, things on abortion and yeah it's basically patronage yeah i mean that's mm-hmm. that's it i mean that's it. I, I, I don't think there's a i don't know if there's a better example of, of mm. liberalism i i probably would say that maybe bill clinton is to the right of rockefeller in <laughs> really important ways that mm mean that post Rockefeller liberalism is a little bit different from that but I think that Rockefeller is probably like in a sort of a broader sense one of the archetypal liberals in America I think that's what a liberal is yeah yeah I think that's a great it's a great choice yeah thank you uh, absolutely like I say it has completely shattered my choice which I think is <laughs> And another reason Vaughn probably did this because she dislikes me so much that it would uh, destroy my choice, which I'll, I'll, I was going to go to Toby next, but I think it's probably better if I go to my one next, just because it, it basically went with the same argument I went with, although probably more coherent. And I did probably, it, he probably fits less in the mold of an actual um, liberal and more in the sense of, the rep- the right wing have sort of abandoned him because he's not like Hitler. And so my choice as a liberal hero, and in fact, there's a newspaper or is an online article I'm reading here, which calls this person a liberal and socialist hero. And that's John McCain. And I, I, I was thinking, who do, what do liberals represent most of all? And that's disliking liberals and running to the right and going basically away from what they believe in. And I thought, well, I thought we were going to nominate two other like lefties, as it were. And then John McCain would add the balance of being what they actually like, which is Republicans. So I thought it would balance itself out if we had two sort of lefty quote unquote picks and then John McCain. But that is now, <laughs> we've now gone even further to the right because we got uh, Rockefeller and John McCain. So our two first liberal picks are actually Republican politicians. So well done to us. Uh, And like I say, if you read some of the stuff that the right now write about John McCain, I mean, this is, you know, he, he, John McCain was against against abortion. You know, he was against gay marriage. Like this guy is a Republican. Like this is right wing, but they've now disavowed him because he's not Donald Trump. And I think you look at what the Republican and the conservative movement is these days, how far it has gone to the right, that John McCain is being held up by people on Twitter as like the honorable Republican. And like, this is what Republicans used to be like, despite the fact that he's against gay marriage and he's against abortion and stuff. So yeah, that was my pick, John McCain. But it has been shattered somewhat by Vaughn's similar pick of Rockefeller. Yeah, and I would think that, that John McCain, I said a lot on a lot of... Um issues i think he he was a dissenting vote on the repeal of um obamacare wasn't he, he? was yeah yeah so i mean he was yeah i mean 
it's and then I guess like he was against gay marriage, but then mm-hmm. so was Obama when he ran against him. Yeah, so it was Clinton in the nineties. So it was Clinton in that in that period. And then I guess he was for all the wars, but then so were all the liberals. <laughs> 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 We have a complicated relationship with John McCain, which I think I've said on the podcast. Yeah, you have, yeah. But like, it's not a cool position for a leftist to have. Um, And cool is what I aim for with my politics. (laughs) (laughs) um, I really think John McCain personally believed and fought for what he thought was best for American citizens and for for the world with foreign affairs. Like, I, I really think that he was genuine in the decisions he made his voting record was fairly consistent most of his life and if it wasn't he had an explanation for why his opinion changed and i i don't agree with most of his political positions but i do have a lot of respect for someone who takes the job of a politician as a way to do what you think is best for the country like that's that's very different from a lot of other politicians who get into it for money or lobbying or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for John McCain. I absolutely disavow some of his positions. Um, but I think that's a good choice because, yeah, I, I think that is a good choice for liberal. Because I didn't actually know until reading today that he had, he was like in the 70s stuff, he was kind of like a wild man and he had like affairs and he left his wife and started another family with a younger woman and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, that that, that if we're going to go with like the Bill Clinton analogy, if that's a liberal, then he, John McCain really does fit in. So Yeah, I mean, Rockefeller had affairs as well. I mean, was it, isn't Rockefeller who famously was having sex and he died on top of the woman he was oh, having really? sex with? Oh, really? And then the, the the family sort of played that story. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think that happened to him. Yeah. Wow, Rocky, <laughs> Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> had a fatal heart attack um, in the late evening in the presence of Megan Marshak, a twenty-five-year-old aide. Yeah. How how old was he? He's still getting twenty-five-year-olds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a liberal, liberal savior, liberal hero. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Rocky. Okay, well, uh, is there anything more to add on on John McCain or Rockefeller before we? Go? I would say that I should say that Rockefeller is a, like he's someone who spent like spent money doing liberal things like the mm-hmm. parks and you know expanding medicare and, and 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 things like social programs as liberals do but also like not necessarily because he was a socialist or a communist he was he, he fought verily against that but then i would say that the thing that makes mccain a liberal is more like institutions like mm-hmm. his love of institutions is the americanism you know the 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 fact that you have you know the best and the, the brightest and you know the mm-hmm. service to one's country and stuff like that yeah it's all very liberal i suppose yeah yeah it's it's interesting that von and i both went with <laughs> republican politicians um which like i say when you when you look at like today and what's happening in america and american politics um both i mean i suppose specifically with how right-wing the, the right is these days and you know, the fact that we have attempted coups and everything, everyone seems 
fairly okay with that now, actually, a few months on. And then we have a kind of consistent uh, viewpoint of, of liberals as being almost afraid of who they are and wanting to run away from who they are. Um, then I think it's maybe fit, fitting that we've gone to the centre right for two of our picks so far. That's, uh, that much more like personal and like they're like having a conflict with themselves about who they are. No, they're following the money and <laughs> like re-election kind of stats. They're not polls and stuff. They're not like morally questioning who they are or running away from themselves. They're just going right because they think it's what they have to do even though the vast majority of the u.s uh, is left left leaning at least as always you are correct uh toby do you do you want to add anything else or do you want to try and turn the ship around and uh get us away from republican (laughs) yeah i I didn't think it was gonna be me who did this (laughs) you you guys seem to be deeply cynical about liberalism Bringing the voice of hope back to the people, Toby. Uh, see, I'm bringing sunshine to this um, <laughs> gloomy uh, funeral that we're having. But yes, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg Ooh. is a liberal a icon, and we know obviously there's the stuff like no- notorious. Um, mm-hmm. She's the she's a liberal icon, and I would say that she is very very liberal and i think she came to um represent what liberalism was sort of after the the 70s because she is someone who broke actual barriers in her life mm-hmm. you know, she and barriers that i think broadly liberals all the way to the left from you know, into the center, maybe even center right, can appreciate because she was one of the first women to get a law degree at Cornell. She was one of the first women at Harvard Law. You know, there was only nine women in Harvard Law when she went in there. And it was the sort of, and there was parts of the school where she was not allowed, there was um, institutional discrimination against her. They taught the Socratic method, which and and uh, teachers would never call on women students. And then when she finally got her degree, she couldn't find work because um, all the top law firms in New York, none of them would hire women, even though she was in the top. What was it? The top 25 out of 580 students. So she was actually on the Harvard Law Review. And she went into the city and she couldn't find work at all. You had to have people go to these firms, you know, and say, why can't RBJ get work at any of these firms, despite being one of the smartest lawyers possibly of her generation and they would say because she is a woman but she was able to eventually find work she was able to join the ACLU you know um, the civil liberties and she ran the ACLU's department for women's projects for civil liberties 
she pushed forward a number of milestone liberal achievements of the Supreme Court, even before she became a Supreme Court justice. You know, she she pushed cases. She got women to be able to enter into a number of professional institutions that they were not being able to enter before. She even helped men who couldn't get social security benefits because they were men. She helped them and get social security benefits. So she helped curb sex discrimination in a number of different avenues and arenas. And then when she got onto the Supreme Court, she was the second woman in the history 200 years. What's wrong with you people? What are you? <laughs> 200 years. She was the first, second woman to do it after Sandra Day O'Connor. And while she was on the court, she pushed, well, you know, she's a liberal, so she wasn't like far left or anything like that, but she pushed for, for moderate consensus across the aisle between all the way to Scalia to get people on side terms of legislation and you know i mean uh, yeah i mean she's a she's a liberal and i don't know why you guys hate her so much <laughs> that's, Whoa. Uh, that's a don't great hate RBG. that's a great choice toby and I <laughs> you added some really nice balance to von and mine cynicism mm-hmm. the only counterpoint i would have is i was considering so rbj was one of the ones i had down on my list to possibly go with but because she didn't retire during the Obama years, I actually consider her more of a conservative icon right now. Um, because... <laughs> <laughs> and I think that might be part of it because I suppose a lot of the stuff is, is you know, it's like it's negative liberty stuff, you know, mm-hmm. the idea that people should be able to, and it, I mean, it's incredibly important because, you know, I mean, when RBG grew up, be you know, a completely different world where people weren't allowed to do the stuff that they wanted to do. <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly important. But I guess, um, towards the end of her life, maybe she thought more about herself and her position, maybe than the broader movement. So I, I, the, I guess that might be um, something, a mark against her. I really don't know why. I mean, it almost makes no sense why she did not decide to retire earlier than she yeah, did. She, yeah. she wasn't a socialist by any means, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had a very moderate voting record on issues of labor rights and mm-hmm. and the number of um, social programs and things like that, but... I mean, she did, you know, I mean, she, she got um, a number of women, men, you know, uh, people of color, I think, uh, further than mm-hmm. they had been. Not She wasn't a radical. And I guess um, with the when Bush brought in Alito and mm-hmm. and you um, I think the court moved to the right. So she had gone from being a moderate to you know a liberal voice on the court mm-hmm. not a liberal voice on the court you know pushing a number of you know these things that are important for liberals or you know i mean bernie sanders and aoc right now but you know things that people thought were important at the time so yeah i mean yeah well thank you Toby. Yeah. that was an excellent choice Vaughn, do you have any any thoughts on on toby's choice no, I think I think RVG is an excellent choice. 
um, and a, a great kind of recognition of her after she passed away last year. Like that's, that's a really great one um, in memoriam. I feel a little bit bad for setting the tone of it as <laughs> um, conservatives who allow abortion, but <laughs> no, wow. I think that's a really great choice. Definitely. Yeah. And once again, it's Toby dragging us into the light. Dragging uh, us left. Yeah. But what I would say is that I don't think that her and Nelson Rockefeller disagree on too much at all. No, that's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think you set, I think you set the ideological like <laughs> yes parameters of this quite well, but more cynically than you know, I expect. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. fair. I think me. I think there is a difference between kind of like late 20th century liberalism and modern liberalism because as these groups were kind of gaining civil rights from scratch essentially in the latter 20th century um liberalism was the progressive kind of ideal Mm -hmm. but now liberalism is like we're good with those basic rights like people don't need more than absolute basic and leftists are like, well, we need to be able to eat, you know? Yes. So, so I feel like liberal now is not a good term and that's how I'm thinking of it. But liberal in terms of RBG's record through the latter half of the 20th century, absolutely. She's an icon and she, mm-hmm. she wears liberal like a badge of honor. Yes. Just like your cell phone. Um, yes. Um, before we move on to the conservative side of things I would just like to spend a little bit more time just talking about if you know a hypothetical uh, liberal hall of fame which I think we can all agree if they are going to ever have that you can imagine RBG being an absolute sort of top tier candidate for that I imagine John McCain and John Rockefeller probably aren't going to be on that list um, as much as uh, Vaughn and I might um, snigger and hope that they would be um, I, I just wanted to okay, maybe get your thoughts on uh, any other like potential people you could ever see sort of making that list. So like, for instance, mm-hmm. a couple that I had on the list were Harvey Milk and uh, Ted Kennedy. And I, I think they would fit much oh, cl- yeah. closer into this idea of a liberal hall of fame rather than one that we're taking shots at now. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Harvey Milk would be fantastic. I mean, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's like, I think that's exactly, I would always, I always feel that, you know, I think we miss it a little bit, but there wasn't there that, um, uh, um, there was, there was recently a movie about like a gay couple in like the sixties or seventies, um, uh, who, who's the, the lead actress in Blue Jasmine? Oh, um, uh, what's her face? Um, the <laughs> actress, uh, uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, yeah, yeah, Kate Blanchett was it? It was like uh, one of the Mara sisters, I think. Ah, was. right, okay. Yes. And um, she was in a like a, a she was like an upper middle class lady in like a loveless marriage. Yes. Because uh, she was gay. Right. We talked about this round. Carol, is that what's Yes, Carol. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it, it took too long to get this out, but um, <laughs> yeah, she was a she upper middle class lady in love of this marriage, and then she meets this 
go and they have this relationship, right? And people who felt like that back then couldn't do that, right? And mm-hmm. I think liberals have solved that problem, I think, basically. And I, I mean, that I think has to be one of their achievements, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose it kind of comes back to a bit what Vaughn was saying about this. At what point did liberals kind of stop championing this idea of things that people need? And obviously the mm. ability for people to live their own lives free of judgment is uh, a very important one. And one, to some degree, we're, we're still fighting today. Although, as you say, Toby, um, there's less, you know, outrage if someone comes out as gay now. Although, obviously, there are still absolute societal and um, sort of pressures within institutions and what have you if people do, do sort of try and live gay lives um, or just try and live any life that they see fit which might be outside the sort of normal parameters quote-unquote as they were defined in the 20th century um, do you guys have any, anything more either on the sort of the Harvey Milk side of things or on the any other ideas that you were kicking about for for names of of people you could add to a a theoretical uh, liberal hall of fame? Following on from um, Harvey Milk, I I had mentioned this to my supervisor in a meeting about an hour before we started recording, um, and I just said we're doing liberal and conservative halls of fame. And I didn't tell him that I see liberal as an insult and that I was choosing Nelson Rockefeller. And he was like, you should look into Allard K. Lowenstein. And I was like, I have no idea who that is, but thanks. And he started telling me about him and he's fantastic. And I am upset that I didn't know more about this person before um, tonight, really. But my supervisor campaigned for him when he was living in um, New Jersey of all fucking places he, wants, <laughs> he went to princeton so it's okay but um <laughs> the only Allard part of new jersey that's fine yeah <laughs> the, the only part that i look up at in the train i'm like oh princeton's nice and then i look back down anyway allard case lowenstein is um he was a representative in uh new york a u.s representative he was a democrat um and he spearheaded the dump johnson movement in well, 67 that's not and 68. don't say that in front of toby <laughs> I, I know well you guys are gonna hate him even more because he also tried to get off the ground the dump nixon campaign yes. um, who is this person <laughs> <laughs> who's the charlatan <laughs> he's, he's a really interesting character and my supervisor was very excited about the fact that he was an open bisexual um, mm. who was a representative in New York in the 60s. And I was like, that's really, really cool that there's this person. Um, yeah, I, I don't know too much more about him. I'm mm. taking a quick look at his Wikipedia now, but he campaigned for president and for Congress multiple times. Um, he worked for the UN. Um, he was instrumental in setting up the Commission on Human Rights in the UN. He's just a really cool guy. Interesting. 
Um, Toby, I don't know if you've got any, any more thoughts. I mean, there are obviously plenty of oh. names that we, we... Oh, sorry, Vaughn, did you want to add anything else? Sorry, I just remembered this other part um, that would bring you guys back around after the Nixon thing. He was a very <laughs> close friend of William F. Buckley. Oh, okay. Well, so balance it out. <laughs> now, balance now, it out. Now we're talking. Talk about <laughs> talk about a liberal hero. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was. Uh, that's fantastic. Thank you for that one. I was just going to say, uh, Toby, if you had any more thoughts on anyone else, you could imagine the type of people they'd put forward. So, I mean, there are obviously a lot of people in the 20th century who, you know, fought for rights of, of various kinds. And, you know, perhaps the most famous one is Martin Luther King. And you can imagine you know, a liberal Hall of Fame being put together and trying to use someone like MLK as basically the cent- centerpiece of, of that cl- collection of, of figures. Is there anyone else you'd like to um, sort of uh, throw out there as a, as, a, as a name you could imagine a, a liberal Hall of Fame including? I mean, you, you could, you, I guess you could have, um, you could have JFK in there, potentially. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking seriously about putting nixon forward as as they were making the liberal, <laughs> liberal case for nixon is that because him and jfk had basically the same platform in 1960 well yeah, it's because he, they had the same platform but he was left of jfk <laughs> on civil rights um left of jfk on uh foreign interventions uh and um even then after 1968 i mean obviously there's the southern strategy and, and mm-hmm. i know that it's a big thing but within his own (laughs) (laughs) within his own presidency there's a lot of stuff and affirmative action i think more affirmative action stuff than lyndon johnson had done obviously he was his hand was forced by liberal congress and and the liberal mood of the time in the 70s which was actually very 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 liberal you know there's things that liberals weren't thinking about for the next 30 years like um a social health insurance idea that he had is um i mean yeah i think it's a strange one almost because in some ways i think nixon was a prisoner of the leftward turn of the gop Hmm. because of the structural issues after the new deal um and in the cold war and things like that but i think he wasn't conservative enough to really be placed in the conservative hall of fame because he wasn't a he just he wasn't a conservative he was a bad person <laughs> and he was a racist but how conservative he was i think I, I don't think he could get into a conservative hall of fame really i think roger stone would want to put him in there but He's not, you know, he's not. I don't think he qualifies. Toby, can I just thank you for being the one person out of us who actually showed the better judgment and actually picked someone who would actually qualify for a Liberal Hall of Fame? Because yeah, we were one one pick away from it being Rockefeller, McCain, and Nixon as our <laughs> for the Liberal Hall of Fame. <laughs> so I would like to thank you. It Toby. would have been very funny, but I don't think it would have been fair. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I feel like Rockefeller could have a chance because you said earlier this week in a different context that the only thing Democrats won is a Republican to vote for. That's true. I think I I think a lot of Democrats would be like maybe Rockefeller 
could get in here just for some some bipartisan representation <laughs> because because liberal and conservative aren't parties liberal so and they would they would cock ideas. their own uh, hall of fame yes they would oh. I, I fully believe democrats <laughs> would do that <laughs> Which, the, the thing about rockefeller was that um that was actually there was a thing like he couldn't win a conservative primary but they thought he was a great um general election candidate they thought mm. democrats would vote mm. for him yeah. Well, Vaughn did. So that, there you go. <laughs> he, he's got my vote. <laughs> he's got your vote. Don't worry. Yep. Second on the ballot after uh, Reagan. Um, right. We've probably, I was going to say we've talked enough about liberals. Really, we just talked about conservatives who were, or <laughs> people on the right who were going to call liberals. Uh, shall we move on to the uh, Conservative Hall of Fame and all the excitement that comes with that? Um yeah. This the second I, half of this. So, ha, who who wants to go first in their nomination for the Conservative Hall of Fame? Do you want to go in reverse, Toby? Do you want to go first? Yeah, Toby, do you want to go first? Um, yeah, yeah. Why not? I I I was thinking about this, and I think that the things I was thinking, I thought about Phyllis Schlafly potentially, mm. and I. And then, but then I thought that maybe I'd be going too hard on the on the rights thing. I think that the only person I can think of, and I think I'm lucky to be the first one to say it, is William F. Buckley. Wonderful, nice. Because Bill, I mean, but Buckley died in 2008. But I was looking at other. Um, influential conservatives. There's people like Evan Crystal, um, died around the same time. Um, uh, j- just just so we don't spoil it, if you don't name any other names for now, just yeah, in- yeah. Um, but if you want to just tell us what, but I think the reason Buckley. why I would put Bill Buckley in the Hall of Fame is because obviously he's he was part of starting the conservative movement as it is mm-hmm. uh, he started a national review he brought together the the separate um parts of the conservative movement he brought libertarians even though some libertarians didn't believe in god he he, he brought the, the christian libertarians into the conservative movement he brought people who actually had an interventionist um, foreign policy idea into the conservative movement. Those people actually didn't used to be conservatives. Many of them had been uh, liberals. Um, Famously, Robert Taft, Mr. Conservative, was very anti-interventionist. And the the Republican Party had a really strong uh, anti-intervention in World War II wing um, in the 1930s and 1940s. And... Buckley was able to, to sort of bring in a uh, very vigorous anti-communist interventionist American foreign policy. He brought libertarians on side. He, he brought Christian conservatives on side. He started the intellectual wing of the conservative movement at, at National Review, um, bringing in you know a lot of writers, um, even people like Irvin Crystal, people like... Um, uh, Brett Mazzell, pe- people like George Will, um, 
even people like Rush Limbaugh, Reds, um, National Review, even though they, they, they adopted a different style, I think in many ways, the reason I was thinking not to bring Buckley in the hair right now is because the style of mm. the NR- NRA and the style of Rush Limbaugh is, is quite different from yep. what Bill Buckley envisaged. But the the sort of triumvirate of Buckleyite conservatism has managed to um, withstand the course of different political changes and different the emergence of different cultural and social groups and even Trumpism. And um, I think that actually that that Bill Buckley's brand of conservatism which was crystallized in the ronald reagan administration and the you know anti-communist and um fiscally conservative policies of the reagan administration is starting to wane a little bit but i do think that it it would be an empty list um without bill buckley and yeah so that's why i put uh, Bill Buckley in there. Obviously, we we did a podcast about uh, mm-hmm. William F. Buckley, and he is, uh, I think, you know, after Ronald Reagan, he is probably in the top you know, one, one or three conservatives, uh, and should be in any list. Well, mm-hmm. my first reaction is excellent choice, Toby. I'm uh, very yeah. glad you went with him. It's thankfully not my pick so i've still got my pick to go which is nice but yeah excellent choice we obviously did a podcast i think that might be in our second ever episode i think back uh, back three years ago um and that was a really fun one to do and um yeah really interesting character to um to talk about then and as you say it, it's interesting to compare the sort of conservative ideals of of him compared to what we now see the conservative ideals of, you know, the NRA and Rush Limbaugh and Donald Trump and everything else that's kind of followed. So um, that is a, an interesting pick and a really good one. Uh, Vonna, any any thoughts on the, on that? No, I think that's a solid pick. Definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, he really kind of set up for set up the kind of superstructure for conservatism in the latter 20th century like would we have reagan without william f buckley yep Very yeah i mean good yeah. question yeah i think it, causation is always tricky with these things you know? yeah yeah like where, it, where the individual fall into the the wider structure of you know i mean someone had to do it and he did it Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think there, there, there's some things about um, California and um, sort of many sort of petty bourgeois people in the, the, the greatest and silent generation coming out of World War II that meant that the con- country was going to go in a conservative direction. I think mm-hmm. right. I think the, so, so much sociology there that suggests that it will. But, you know, I mean, Buckley added the, the charm the the the, mm-hmm. the wit the the television program the the, yeah. the the house journal of american conservatism 
Yep. Kind yeah, of was, um, and he was he was the one who did it. So yeah. Yeah, I think maybe the more important question is: Would there be a Toby without uh, William F. Buckley? Mm. <laughs> there most certainly would not be. <laughs> <laughs> not not in present form, anyway. Uh, I, oh, sorry, only go on. Well, I have a question to you, Simon. Actually, because mm-hmm. um, mine kind of follows on from William F. Buckley. Interesting. Does yours? Uh, I mean, in a way, I guess you could say that. Um, So I'm next, aren't I, as far as picking, because we're going reverse order from last time. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether or not how connected ours is. I'm going to be mad if you picked mine. (laughs) I do have a second choice. So if you prefer, you can go first. And if you've picked my first choice, I've can scramble and pick up a second choice and i know yeah. we can at least talk about my second choice even if i can only talk a little bit about him so i will be polite and we will celebrate the one year of having the lovely vaughn with us <laughs> and i will i will give up my selection so you can go next and you will no doubt pick this person and i will swear at you so on you go thank you um i cut in there did you have anything else to say about buckley or do either of you have anything else to say about Buckley? i mean we, we might touch on him we might circle back but i think i, I yeah. think i'm too tantalized now to see who you've picked to be honest fair okay well i don't think mine is much of a surprise for people who know me or my politics or my work but um in 54 buckley wrote a book defending my choice Oh, then, guys. then I don't think it's my. I don't think it'll be uh, my uh, my pick. I, mm. I know it won't be. So on you go. Um, my conservative pick is Joseph McCarthy. Wonderful, uh, McCarthy and his enemies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, great pick. Buckley's book he wrote with his, I believe, brother-in-law. Um, defending Senator Joseph McCarthy. My. <laughs> personal hero i should have guessed that to be honest considering yeah right your your time period and how how knowledgeable you are of that time and how interested you are in the, in those sort of hearings and that, that kind of thing you know uh, that i really should put two and two together but uh, no, yeah. that's an excellent choice sorry Vaughn, i interrupted you on you go i i didn't even consider anyone else for conservative actually really? as soon as we as soon as we decided we were doing this this episode, I was like, oh, done, Joseph McCarthy, because I <laughs> fucking hate that guy. He's <laughs> terrible in every way. I don't even know where to begin summing up Joseph McCarthy, but I guess I'll just start with his most famous thing, McCarthyism, mm-hmm. which most yep. people will have undoubtedly heard about. So if people have heard about it, but maybe don't know the details, do you want to just give a brief summary of what McCarthyism is? Yes, so McCarthyism is... Um, the anti-communism movement in the late 1940s and early 1950s, which actually we talked a lot about this on the Reagan and Hollywood episode, because this does coincide with a lot of my work um, on my dissertation. So McCarthyism and uh, and anti-communism is this aggressive, um, like... Witch hunt or... I was going to say witch hunt, but I feel like that's tainted now. So I was searching for another word, but aggressive (laughs) witch hunt. Yeah. For um, just suspicion around whether somebody was communist or not. And spoiler alert, that's not fucking illegal in the U.S. to be a communist. It's not. Don't let anybody tell you it's illegal to be a communist. Isn't that not why you left, Vaughn? (laughs) 
Yeah, seeking asylum in the UK. Yeah, that liberal, yeah. liberal bastion. <laughs> that leftist safe haven. Um, yeah, I read the news today. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so so this this really kind of aggressive anti-communist witch hunt. Um, Buckley. Uh, William F. Buckley kind of heralded him as a patriotic crusader, which jog on <laughs> McCarthy, but <laughs> he oh, he just sucks so much. He was so paranoid, and he made everyone else paranoid in an atomic age where people were already fucking paranoid and he made you think that you couldn't trust your, not only like your neighbors and your friends, but also your husbands or wives or children he just instilled such suspicious anxiety in Americans nationwide. Very similarly in a lot of ways, and this is this is why people may have heard of it recently. It, it came up a lot in the news with um, with Trump and his whole Antifa uh, jargon, where he was saying that that this group is organized and they're un-American. That was McCarthy's whole thing is the un-American communists and the godless communists. Just, uh, uh, God, I hate him. And Trump was using a lot of the same rhetoric for the Antifa movement last year. Um, and I am one of the people who likened it to this kind of half-assed version of McCarthyism in the 21st century um, to attack an idea and a political stance as an organized group of people, because they're not. They're, there are people who meet based on those ideas and form parties or, or uh, organized groups, but it's it, communist isn't just a label of a group of people in the States. It's, it's a it's a way of thinking. It's a political idea. And that is not illegal to, to have ideas in the US. Um, I can go on and on about this because I absolutely hate Joseph McCarthy. Yep. But yep. What, what do you guys think about him in the Conservative Hall of Fame? Uh, well, just from my feedback before we get to Toby, I think that's an excellent choice. Um, I do wonder how conservatives, like, it makes sense for us putting together a mm. conservative hall of fame and you can imagine them going William F. Buckley, this great thinker and, you know, owner of libs before we'd owned libs and this kind of thing. I wonder how they would feel about sort of taking on Joseph McCartney now and sort of taking ownership of him and what he stood for and McCarthyism and all that kind of thing. And what, whether or not there's a reevaluation of that or whether or not they sort of feel he's toxic or whatever. So I think it's a really fascinating choice and certainly one I would agree with if we were, if we're doing this. And I guess it raises the question of, is that someone who conservatives would put in a, a Hall of Fame? I don't think mm. they, they put him in there now. Yeah. But they would have put him in there in the 50s and in the 60s and probably in the 70s as well. Because, mm. yeah. I mean... Nixon made his bones on being an anti-communist, you know, mm. I mean, he was, he was, a you know, the rabid anti-communist. He was a McCarthyite mm -hmm. conservative in the conservative party. Um, he, 
st- stood on the house of on um, of on American activities um, on the McCarthyist line. So yeah, I think many people coming out of you know the post-war conservatives were pro McCarthy and were pro McCarthy until I guess that generation sort of went out of politics or died out in the population but I guess historians have done a really good job in making McCarthy what he was you know it was like overly paranoid anti-American and um, yeah deeply dangerous to the 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 laws and the ideas of the country i suppose yeah i think and i think it's really good because right now we're we're kind of getting the the same thing it's the same sort of paranoid style as Mm -hmm. the hofstetter has talked about of of right-wing politics that is you know i mean it's not about investigating the facts so it's just you know they're creating a world onto themselves and then um making up their their views or or alternative facts um, creating <laughs> alternative news stations and you have QAnon now and yeah. and yeah so it's 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 really I, I i always thought like it's almost like a psychological thing where you like you you are confident that the world is the way you want it to be and if it and if you find facts that are against that you don't just sort of exclude the facts you create your own facts and that's gotta be that's gotta be a a trend in american conservatism and it is i got another thing for the liberals it isn't really what liberals do really and 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 even when they do it it's just not how they ever self-identify they they always try to self-identify as rigorous and smart and you know, stuff like that so you know i mean one could say maybe some of the trump russia stuff by liberals did have you know um a, the tone of mccarthyist witch hunt you know a lot of the stuff is true some of the stuff obviously wasn't and liberals did develop their own paranoid style but i don't think that's traditionally been part of american liberalism like it is with uh, conservatives so yeah, i think it's a it's a great pick and it's probably a more timely pick than the William F. buckley pick the difficulty <laughs> with buckley is that i think that the buck people who see themselves as buckleyite conservatives are finding the control of the conservative movement more difficult uh, every day now mm-hmm. i don't know if, what that's going to be like in 15 years but they're finding it more difficult now. While I think the more sort of John Birch Society McCarthyist um, conservatism is returning. Right. Um, I, sorry, Bon, on you go. Uh, I was just going to say uh, two things actually. I really appreciate that you called McCarthy anti-American and said that historians <laughs> are, are painting him as anti-American because I think one of the most dangerous things about the 50s, 60s, and 70s is that people didn't see him as anti-American. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely was. The the like birthright of being an American is freedom of thought before anything else in the Bill of Rights. Um, 
not that that is in the bill of rights but it you know what i mean mm-hmm. but um yeah no that's he's he's anti-american in every single way um i firmly believe that um he's also mentioned in we didn't start the fire so billy joel points for <laughs> Richard McCarthy. um and then the other thing is that you just mentioned richard hofstadter and i was thinking for my liberal choice choosing um a thinker and and a liberal intellectual who wasn't a politician and i was between richard hofstadter um solely for his his essay the the pseudo conservative um or a pseudo conservative i might be butchering that title but it's one of my favorite essays i think it's really brilliant and just breaks down everything that you just said that um that kind of paranoia of being a conservative in the the mid 1950s i think it was published in 55 and it really maps on to how conservatives see themselves now um very comfortably so i would definitely recommend that for people and i think uh, was what's great about hofstetter is that it is he kind of defines how liberals see conservatives as well mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like hofstetter was a liberal like he was their protecting an institutional consensus he wasn't a socialist or radical or anything like that you know he was in the center and he was protecting the center against the center's enemies like mccarthyism and the john birch society and and there's someone who always saw the people who didn't think the way he did is like psychologically you know misformed there's things like that you know and he wrote really good essays about conservatism, yeah. but he was a he wasn't the center. And I guess like that dynamic with someone like Hofstetter versus McCarthy has always been the way liberals view the, their opponents as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would highly recommend um, Hofstetter's essays if anyone's interested in that because it really lays out this kind of mid-century thinking around conservatism very very accessibly mm. um he's really brilliant well, one of the best thinkers of the 20th century Sorry, thank you go on. i was gonna say thank you for your pick and thank you for that additional bit of information that sounds uh, really useful um shall i give my um pick now Please for do. the conservative hall of fame um so i had to think and i didn't actually think of the the two names that you guys have picked which is wonderful um I came with two names, but one kind of came more immediate than the other and is the one I'm picking. And when you, when I think of what American conservatism has become and what it has been and the kind of journey it's been through and what it's likely to continue to be in the, certainly in the media future, I think this person is one of the most important figures of the last 50 years, 100 years in maybe both politics and media, and that's Roger Ailes, um, who Mm. was the chairman, CEO of uh, Fox News. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Co-founder. He helped Richard Nixon, Ronald Reagan, Rudy Giuliani, Donald Trump in their campaigns. And he basically built the American uh, conservative movement as it is today. And uh, my pick is Roger Ailes because... Not only is he a truly terrible person, um, but he is the definition of what American conservative has been, mm-hmm. the journey it's been going over the last 
40 years, 50 years, and what it's going to continue to be in, in the near future. Oh, that's a good fucking choice. So, um, like oh. I said... <laughs> Ew, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I was going to say, I, I, was, I, I was kind of wondering whether or not I should swear about Roger Ailes, but Bond's already done that twice, and she... she uh, <laughs> <laughs> she was probably all done favorite to do it to be perfectly honest so um, i think i've already cursed earlier i'm yeah. pretty sure i cursed saying you did joe joe yeah. jo- mccarthy <laughs> keep going but, sorry but yes roger ailes is my pick um like i say you only have to kind of go through his his impact as far as how he helped reagan and uh george h bush with kind of some of the campaigns um his involvement in giuliani's first mayoral campaign his coaching of Donald Trump um, in 2016, yeah. and obviously his his place within American conservatism through Fox News. And like I say, I think he is one of the most important figures of the last half century as far as politics and media is concerned. He'd be very comfortably in there with Limbaugh. He absolutely would, yeah. Yeah, he would He would be in, in a way that I'm not sure about Buckley as, as well. Again, it's this... Like I think he probably more clearly captures American conservatism and what it's become. I think it was interesting. It was either on the Ed Sullivan show or the Mike Douglas show where he met Richard Nixon for the first time. And um, Ailes was a producer and um, Ailes told Nixon, you know, that there's a better way of handling television than the way you've been doing it Mm. so far and then nixon brought him in as a media consultant on his 1968 campaign and from there he's he's worked on campaigns and you know created television news channels and really and really been the the dominant media force in the conservative movement since that time a conservative movement that was different different demographically in fact from the one that that ailes probably created and you know, try to make it into something that you know the common man could be invested in. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, yeah. Ellis is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you get any better than that. Than that, really. Yeah. Apart from Limbaugh himself. <laughs> yeah, that's a really perfect choice. I'm. I'm very impressed by that. Thank you, Vaughn. It's only taken a year, but it's finally happened. Uh, <laughs> Roger Ailes is what made me impressed with you, Simon. <laughs> if anything ever summed the, the, our friendship up, Vaughn, I would say it would probably be that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I, I do feel kind of like with the John McCain pick, I was like, oh, I'll be kind of, you know, John McCain's the maverick. I'll I'll, I'll have a little bit mm. of a maverick pick. I'll go to the yeah. right. With, with Roger Ailes, I was like, right, hitting the bullseye what is American conservatism? It's Roger Ailes almost exclusively throughout this past 50 years and uh, everything he's been a part of. And obviously there's a other side of it to do with the fact that um, towards the end he was forced out to do with the allegations made by multiple women of um, mm-hmm. inappropriate behaviour or whatever it was that went on there, um, which obviously is a separate thing in, in some regard but it also just heightens this fact of there's an element of conservatism which is a willing to put that to one side if it's their men kind of thing 
um, like we saw with Donald Trump and uh, the sort of evangelicals who are supporting Donald Trump despite all the various terrible things that he's done. And Rod Ailes mm. was very happy to consider uh, Donald Trump the... I mean, Donald Trump essentially was the perfect Rod Ailes candidate in a way, you know, the way he was able to bring together um, different people on the right and specifically bring in a, a working class who were, um, you know, rallying very loudly against these these liberal voices and you only have to look at what fox news has has done um since its inception for america i I don't i think you could say roger ailes is on a short list of the worst ever americans i oh yeah i honestly think you could you could put him on there as far as his impact and um what he's he's kind of destroyed um in the american political landscape so um yeah i'm glad you you both agree with him being uh conservative pick yeah i think what's interesting is not not to bring it back around to reagan but always to bring it back around to reagan um (laughs) because i do think that he is like he's the conservative darling um number one choice for the the hall of fame but all of our choices have something to, to do with reagan in his kind of foundation um and legacy afterwards so like william f buckley um really Mm -hmm. primed the audience for for reagan to kind of set the stage or to uh come onto the the main stage and be the conservative darling and they had quite a strong friendship didn't they those two yeah and Mm -hmm. joe mccarthy um his mccarthyism and the subsequent investigations into Hollywood and the blacklist is something that really primed Reagan's launch into Hollywood politics that set him up for, um, for being mm. governor of California. And Roger Ailes literally campaigned for Reagan yep. um, in his reelection and then established the legacy of Reaganism thereafter and turned it into whatever the fuck it is now. But, <laughs> I, I, th- I think it's really interesting that Reagan is kind of a central, like a really a central figure in, in 20th century conservatism, that all paths kind of lead to Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, and all paths lead from Reagan. What I'm saying is I hate Reagan. <laughs> Which is why we were disqualifying Reagan at the start, isn't it? Because yeah. We thought he was just, I mean, it's like, it's you know, obvious. Name a Bible character. Okay, Jesus. Okay, we'll take him out. You know, I, I feel like like on the building, it would be like Ronald Reagan's conservative holiday. <laughs> like, like he gets the public library for that. Yes, but I, I think interestingly, that. Roger Ailes's career started in Philly. So I'm sorry. <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't dare say anything against Philadelphia because we've got Vaughn on the show. Um, so that maybe- is right maybe we should swiftly move on from that before volunteering <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, did you guys have any other uh, ideas as to who you might have conclu- included so my, my other one was uh, Antonin Scalia the Supreme mm. Court judge yeah who, that was my yeah. one of mine as well yeah uh, obviously you know constitutional originalist and uh, hero of Toby um, <laughs> I thought uh, again a pick by Reagan um, to the Supreme Court um it, you know as as Vaughn says all, all things lead back to uh, uh all things lead back lead back to Reagan did you guys have any other ideas on potential picks or who you could imagine seeing in there um I have one 
but he's still technically alive. <laughs> technically. <laughs> technically. Um, uh, McConnell, Mitch McConnell, because he, uh... like, he's like barely alive, right? Like, it looks like he he's not alive. <laughs> How old is McConnell? Uh, yes. Good question. Let me see. Um, I know that he's been on the he's been he's been in Congress since '84 because he was elected with Reagan's re oh, okay. uh, He is 79 years old. Wow, he's I would have guessed right. 70s, but yeah, there you go. He's, he's an old little turtle. But <laughs> <laughs> he he is like. He's a prime conservative in my mind. Yes. I would have picked him if if that rule weren't in place that they I think have to be dead. Yes. I think with conservatives right now, some people who might have been in there that are still alive, like um like Bill Crystal and people like that, Mm -hmm. they are never Trump conservatives. So it's it's hard to find people who who are conservative enough and like like Trump enough to be in the Hall of Fame. It, uh, someone like Roger Ailes is is uh, thinking really really good. Joseph McCarthy really sets that up. But even someone like William F. Buckley, it's it's difficult. You know, I wonder what Buckley would have done with the Trump phenomenon. You know, would yeah, he, would he have become he might have not become never Trump, but what what would he have done? What would he have said about Trumpism? I think he would probably would, would have disavowed it. Yeah, because I mean, he wanted to present this idea of conservatives winning the intellectual argument. Yeah, and with Trump, that was that, that was never that was never a question. That was you know there are things which Donald Trump presented to to the to uh, to the public, but. The only thing he would say is, I have a great IQ. I have a very high IQ. And then he would just sort of talk about men and women and televisions and stuff and whatever else he was uh, rapping on about. But I don't think there was ever, you would never mistake Donald Trump for an intellectual if you ever, mm-hmm. even though I just heard him speak, if you saw him stand up to a microphone, he. <laughs> He looked like an, a reanimated corpse that had gone very badly wrong. Do you know what I think it is? I think that Buckley had to uh, push conservatism for a particular audience and he had to try to appeal to liberals and the way liberals talk and the, the, the types of argument structures that liberals use. And then subsequent, as conservatives became more popular, they didn't really need to do that or even though they just didn't really need to do that. They just had to, um, they had a different audience that they had to appeal to. And that is the audience that really Joseph McCarthy appealed to. Uh, but then that they, they made that into a strategy with people like Roger Ailes and Rush Limbaugh and, and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And I guess that the types of, people i mean there's loads of people still doing the buckley thing george will um to john pod horists uh david from but then all those people are deeply skeptical about trump i guess because the buckley thing was always like liberals like me 
for my style and I'd probably hang out all all the Georgetown parties and stuff. But all those types of people can't do that anymore. So they either have to leave conservatism or stop doing the Buckley stuff anymore, I guess. So yeah, so it's a, it's a it's a new different thing. It, it's influenced by William F. Buckley most certainly because mm. they're still fiscally conservative. Although even that is a little you know up for grabs these days, and they're they're still uh, vigorous in you know pushing foreign interventions. Although you know, I mean, even that is like Steve Steve Bannon always talking about you know how America's in so many different wars and stuff. They're still more um religiously conservative and culturally conservative certainly much more culturally conservative than the buckleyites but then parts of the christianity are up for grabs today as well i mean yeah it's yeah yeah it's it's interesting the way conservatives have moving and in, in, in changing yeah. i mean i suppose less so with um with with liberals because i think bernie sanders would recognize um uh, nelson rockefeller as a liberal Yes, and um, LBJ is a liberal. McCain's a little bit more on the edge, but then it's it's quite fair in some ways because of his relationship to institutions and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and McCain, I think McCain would slot in comfortably in Bill Clinton's uh, <laughs> party, most definitely. Uh, I was just I was just thinking that. If we had done this episode probably like two or three years ago, I think John McCain would have been in the Conservative Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I, I think now with how conservative is, conservatism has gone, he has a better case for the liberals. Yeah, I think that, that's kind of the, the, the point I was trying to make when yeah. my my selection of him was that we have moved so far, America has moved so far to the right and... Mm-hmm. The Conservative Party, the Republican Party, has basically disavowed John McCain at this point and talk about him like he was some sort of socialist traitor who stuck his thumb down at Donald Trump and, you know, all all this kind of thing. And he's he's seen as this, um, you know. I, I like my was I like my soldiers who weren't captured or whatever it was that yeah. Donald Trump said about him. So, yeah. I mean. Can you imagine? I mean, could you, could you imagine George Bush trying to say that about John McCain? You know, he would never have said that about John McCain. You know, so yeah, they just spread rumors about him having a black <laughs> child. You know, yeah, but he, but he would never it. say that kind of stuff. You know, be on the you know be <laughs> quoted in newspapers. Exactly, that, that's know. the difference. Do it, do it behind closed doors. Attack the troops to say it. Exactly. That is a bold move. That I think that's a key thing that has changed. That that attacking the troops um, article was so bizarre. Yeah, I remember reading that thing. Wow, is this like some sort of like theater piece or something? That's Mm -hmm. magnificently strange. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm. Um, is there anything more we'd like to add? Any other names? Because Vaughn, you did mention that um, you maybe had some thoughts about some um, fictional uh, characters you might want to add in there. Uh, obviously, mm. you've, been, you've been heavy into the West Wing, and uh, yeah, part, of, part of the West Wing's appeal, I guess, is 
<laughs> liberals trying to figure out amongst themselves what they actually want to how they want to run a government and what way they want to go to left or right or further right or further right than that. So um, is there anything else we'd like to add before we get fictional with Vaughn? I think the only thing to say is that you said conservatives are calling McCain a socialist. And I think only in America can John McCain be a socialist. <laughs> yeah, there's there's <laughs> actually, there's actually a, I think it's called like I Patriot or something like that I was reading today. And it called him like a socialist hero. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> have, you, have you never read a definition of socialist before? <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> Jesus. So I definitely felt more reassured about my pick because I'll be honest, when I googled uh, John McCain liberal, there wasn't much coming up. But uh, that, other than the odd person asking uh, questions on like Yahoo Answers, was was John McCain really a liberal? Uh, although you know you could probably get that by anyone. But yes, th thank, th big shout out to I think it's uh, I Patriot for uh, coming up with the title John McCain liberal socialist hero. Liberal socialist hero John McCain. Yeah. What a brilliant, brilliant <laughs> phrase! Uh, right? Uh, did you <laughs> did you want to uh, to talk about uh, fictional people? Yeah. Um, so I have a couple that I've been kicking around. Do you, do, have you guys thought about this at all? Do you have any um, suggestions? No, because I, for me, when I, I think of like fictional characters, like politicians a lot of the time it's just like oh here's a president for a film and like you don't really get to know them right. as such and so it's like oh remember in deep impact when morgan freeman was the president like yeah he kind of was the president but he didn't really do anything <laughs> so it's, it's like what are we talking about here and then obviously something like the west wing you've got to some degree or another talking about ideology and you know this idea of you know liberals versus conservatives and that kind of thing so obviously you know, if we're talking about Hall of Fame liberals uh, on a fictional side of things, I, you know, Jet Bartlett would uh, know that it's oh, yeah. in there pretty perfectly. So the floor is yours, well. Absolutely, Jed Bartlett. Um, as I said earlier, I finished The West Wing this week. As, um, oh, as a liberal or conservative? Liberal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Definitely liberal uh, for Jed Bartlett because he's just... And also Matt Santos, mm -hmm. um, who, spoiler alert, wins at the end of season seven. Spoiler alert for something that's been out for over 15 years. Yes. But um, they're both just prime liberals where they <laughs> they just they have like no actual policy, but they're just like, we stand for people. He, very much in the way that Biden was like, people don't want their government to help. They want their government to understand that is... <laughs> the administration in <laughs> the West Wing to a T, but they make it so alluring. Like I wanted to vote for that guy, which is absurd because yeah. I would not, yeah. but yeah, they're, they're definitely hardcore liberals. Um, and I think, like you said, you just kind of see it as like a character in a film where there mm -hmm. isn't much kind of politics, but my whole, my whole jam is like digging through the politics in films that don't necessarily have the politics readily available um four things so i've been thinking about this a lot in in different varieties i think most jimmy stewart characters would be in the liberal hall of fame so mr yes. smith uh from mr smith goes to washington um 
George Bailey, definitely from Mm -hmm. It's a Wonderful Life. He could actually, you could make a case for him in a conservative hall of fame if it was set in like the 70s. You could make Mm. that case, but I don't think you can make a case for him being in the conservative hall of fame of today. Was he not really into like QAnon and stuff then? (laughs) Yes, surprisingly, he didn't think that like Mr. Potter was eating babies. But um, I, yeah, I think, I think politically he would probably be in the liberal hall of fame now because he was very kind of pro-American, small business, common man, um, populist hero, pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of thing. He, the, the kind of question for conservatism, conservatism there is that he was not about the government interfering, but he was about individuals pulling together and a small town running their own community without much federal kind of help which I think is a very kind of mid 20th century conservative Mm -hmm. ideal. Um, Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the ideal of today, because I think today's conservatism is much more social than political or ideological in any sort of way um, in terms of governance, much more social conservatism. But I I guess there's like a, there's an Andrew Jackson feel of that as well, isn't there? Yeah. Democrats that are about states' rights and then communities working together. It's a, it's um Jeffersonian in a way, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I def I definitely think so. And um, in that way that that conservatives love to remind you that the Republicans are the party of Lincoln. I think mm-hmm. uh, George Bailey is very much a Lincoln conservative. But that is not the same as a conservative of today. Um, that's, I would argue. That's interesting. Just so very, just kind of quickly. We obviously just did an episode on on the West Wing. One one character who I think not technically in the West Wing, and I don't think you've got around to watching it yet. But before Sorkin did um, the West Wing, he did the film The American President, which Vaughn, it will be really interesting for you to watch because it is basically just a setup for the West Wing. Um, slightly different cast, but. Um, even then, you still have a couple of uh, car- uh, actors from that appearing in, in the film. And in, in the film, uh, the president is going up for re-election and he's going up against uh, Richard DeFraise's Senator Rumson. And Senator Rumson is, is in the almost exact copy, like in looks, of Dick Cheney. It's really unnerving. And um, yeah, watching it now, it does kind of look like sort of a Sorkin president is taking on a Dick Cheney candidate and it's a, a bit unnerving to like watch to be perfectly honest because he looks so much like Dick Cheney and yeah um, he's he shifty and stuff so yeah I, I would go for my conservative hall of fame I could definitely see a, a Senator Rumson fitting in there quite nicely that's that's really interesting I'm excited to watch that I'll report back when I do um for my conservative one from fictional characters um I think you'll appreciate this, Simon. Jack Donaghy from 30 Rock. I think he's a perfect conservative. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. He's he's a lobbyist for conservatives. He has has that line about um, Kenneth says, I vote for Jesus. And he says, that's a vote for Republicans. We count those. (laughs) Fantastic. And Alec Baldwin's um, in Glenn, Glenn Glary Ross character is also like 
I think, oh. an archetypal conservative. Mm. It's funny he comes because... in, they're, they're salesmen, and he comes in as a big salesman from the from the central firm. He comes into the local firm, and then he tells them that they're all going to be fired if they don't make the the, the, the KPIs that they're supposed to make. Yeah. Always be closing. That. Always be closing. And then, you know, it can be, he t- talks about how rich he is and mm-hmm. how, how much of a success he is and how much of uh, how how badly they're failing and yeah i think it's i think he just yeah alec baldwin looks like a conservative you know? he does which is funny because mm. he, he builds himself up as a liberal hero and in fact when we had the snl uh after it was after biden got elected and he was like holding was he either wearing a t-shirt or like holding up a sign that was like you're welcome like yeah thanks <laughs> you defe- you single-handedly oh. defeated uh donald trump in the election good job alec baldwin but yeah uh, <laughs> Jack, Jack Donahue. That's a very liberal thing to do, though. Really is, You're it? welcome, America. <laughs> Jack Donahue's a great choice. I mean, partly because, as Toby says, he has, you know, and as you said, Ron, you know, he has all these great catchphrases. And he did actually work in the George Bush uh, yeah. uh, White House in one of the seasons. And there's the, the great quote where uh, it's like, what are you in charge of? And he's like, various, he names various things. And then he goes, uh, and the war on the poor. And uh, the list goes. Do you mean? Do you mean the war on poverty? And he's like, Oh yeah, sure. And uh, <laughs> kind of sums up uh, uh, the the last idea of, of Republican politics of uh, having a war on the poor. Uh, so yes, great choice, Vaughn. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah, I do have a liberal and a conservative uh, fictional choice, although I haven't really thought about either of them mm-hmm. uh, tremendously. I would say that I would nominate. Tom Hanks's filmography as uh, a <laughs> liberal <laughs> choice. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, there, there, there's like 20 liberals here. You could give them <laughs> a binder full of Brilliant. liberals. A binder. And my, my conservative fictional character is Yosemite Sam. Oh, Yosemite oh. Sam is a, he's a gun toting Texas Ranger. Sometimes he's a Confederate soldier, and in in one episode, he was against. It was stopping bugs from crossing the Mason-Dixon line, and and he also said that he 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 thought the war was still going on, and that it was he was waiting for the signal from Robert E. Lee to tell him that the Confederacy had lost. I think uh, he's also a really a a great businessman, and he, he hunts. As well, so yes, how many so my conservative? That is brilliant. That's both of those are perfect. Both of those are <laughs> wonderful, them. Toby. You should write a thesis on why those two are the perfect fit. <laughs> God, that was wonderful. <laughs> I, I mean, Tom Hanks's film, like bi- filmography, I could have maybe seen myself like if I'd spent long enough thinking about it. You're so many Sam, I just would not have got there. So that was ab- that was absolutely brilliant, Toby very well i feel like you're the savior of today's show because you seem to have taken this seriously across the board well the, the way the way i did this is i didn't mean... think too much about it all, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's the secret maybe vaughn and i overthought our uh, liberal choices but um yeah i went too far into it <laughs> no i stand by rockefeller only no. for the liberal hall of fame nothing else but i, I stand by it no I, I think you probably got a better choice on the liberal hall of fame than i do although <laughs> I have to say, as we move further, further and further into Q 
QAnon uh, Republicans, uh, I do feel more uh, vindicated by my socialist hero, John McCain. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, Yosemite Sam. That's Wonder- brilliant. Wonderful. Fantastic. Right. Oh, I, I'm not sure if there's any way we can top that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vaughn, are you going to read that poem about uh, Ronald Reagan now? Or... <laughs> um, I I'm gonna save that for for myself for later. <laughs> that's how that's how Vaughn gets to sleep at night. Uh... <laughs> right. If I hadn't had two espresso martinis during this, I would try to come up with something. But I'm I wonder if there are like homes of conservatives right now who like who like have pictures of like Saint Reagan. And they, <laughs> they feel that this is a time where you know their kind of conservatism is is you know under attack and just you know just to hide against the the world you know they they pray together about reagan and then hopefully hopefully that reagan years will come back well there must there must be people there's this what six uh three four hundred million americans maybe i mean yeah I mean, in Thirty Rock, one of the things that they have is when Jack has a has a, a baby with uh, his his wife is they um, they have um, Reagan masks to indoctrinate the, the child early enough into Reaganism, um, and I believe that for one of Jack's birthdays, I think he gets Ronald Reagan's bed sheets or something like that. So I mean, yeah, uh, I I imagine there probably are people out there who are still clinging on to the idea of Ronald Reagan. Although I would be interested to know how those people feel about Donald Trump and how many have moved across into Donald Trump devotion. That that would be an interesting uh, cross section of people who love both Reagan and Trump and obviously in the reverse of that who love Reagan but don't love Trump. So yeah, that's an interesting thought, Toby. Um yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure Vaughn, you're one of those people who has a sort of candlelit vigil for Reagan. So. Um. Oh yeah, yeah. Every every day when I finish my uh, Mitt Romney podcast in the shower, I get <laughs> out and bless the the uh, altar to Reagan. Okay, I think we re- really should have put it there. Um, I think there's a person who does that. There must be. There must be. Yeah. There must be. I promise it's not me. Yes. Given them ideas, <laughs> we should stop this before I keep talking. <laughs> yes, I, re- I really think that's probably a good idea. Right. Okay. Well, this has been a really fun episode. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad that we could uh, politically align your somebody Sam in with uh, <laughs> everyone else we were talking about. So with socialist John McCain. <laughs> socialist John McCain. <laughs> uh yeah jesus brilliant brilliant okay um well thanks guys this has been so much fun um we will have another episode in the near future uh pro- probably without mentions of yosemite sam and uh, tom hanks's uh, filmography but maybe we'll, we'll see what we can do uh right okay so from toby vaughn and myself simon thank you very much for listening and uh, yeah take care bye all right bye